Hey, you're tuned into another episode of the Market Adventures podcast. You came to the right place at the right time because for the next three days, I'll be interviewing a star-studded guest. Rosetta Bryson, honored as a Power 100 personality by Ebony Magazine for her work in the fintech space, joins us to talk about how she became a leader in the space and how her trading has changed her life and the lives of many others. Today, we'll hear how she told her path to where she is now. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hi, everybody. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Glad to be here. I'm Rosetta Bryson. I am the owner and founder of Simple Trader Pro, and just glad to be here with you today. Awesome, awesome. So, tell me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about you first, and then we'll get into Simple Trader Pro. I am probably uh, ambition personified. And um, I'm known because I am a woman in a a field dominated by men. And I am a black woman in a field dominated by people uh, that did not look, act, walk, talk like me. I just did not see them. So my background story is I grew up in the Midwest and ended up uh, going to school in Washington, D.C., went to HBCU there and did well. I was the president of the African-American Student Caucus, government, student government. Then I went to I went to grad school in Emory in Atlanta, which is people call the Harvard of the South. And this is where sort of things change. I always knew I like finance. I like trading. But the trajectory of where I thought I wanted to go was not where I ended up. So I ended up going to Emory uh, to get my Master Divinity. And uh, they had a Jewish doctor program that was combined at the time. And I started the Master Divinity and I met a guy there and uh, the guy there said, my dad is a, owns a small hedge fund. You know, if you want to intern, come in. And that was the turnaround. But before that, uh, I went to this HBCU, which was, you know, smaller, you know, just, you know, doing good, but but smaller. So when I got to Emory and it was just like crazy money there. Just the look of it, the feel of it was crazy money. I went to register. I tell everybody this story. I went to register and I went to this big, humongous gym to register back when they, I'm sure they do it all online now, but they were registering kids where you went in, you registered with your parents and, and my parents didn't have money to take me to no Emory. So you were on your own. So I, I went to Emory on my own. And um, got down there. The craziest thing is I got down there, went to the registration, and there were two lines. And I, I tell the story because it's so important. There was one line where there was, you know, predominantly white kids and parents, and they were excited. They were going through the line, and they were just cha-chinging, cha-ching, cha-ching. MasterCard Visa, American Express. Go the American Express. Just it, And I wasn't in that line. They looked at my paperwork and said, you go to that line very nicely. And so I went to the other line, and the other line was taking longer because people were filling up with the fill because what you were doing, I went to the sign your life away line where you sign for uh, housing books, tuition before you ever took a course. I, I came from undergraduate school. I'd worked my way through debt free before I ever took the course. I was $50,000 in debt before I ever took one class. And I thought to myself at that moment, I'm in the wrong line. I am in the wrong line. And, and, there's nobody like me in that other line. How do I make it so that there's not an, another generation of people who look like me that are going to be in this line? So that was my premise. I knew that it was through trading. Back, trading was nothing back then. People did not. It wasn't so you know, calculated. It wasn't so uh, 
everything wasn't electronic. So it was a little different back then. And I knew that I had to have a mentor. So when the opportunity came up where I could intern, I went and intern and I'm going to, I know this is a long story, but I'm going to share with you. I worked that internship. I worked it. I became everybody's friend. What, what coffee would you what? So I got the coffee up. Just let me stand in the back of the room. And in the back of the room, I could see what people were doing. When people were quiet, I could ask questions. If there's some, if there was a language I didn't know, I wrote it down and went home, went, went home and studied it. And people begin to like me. The other interns were bored, sleeping on the job. I was like, this is it. And I heard something. I heard something there. I heard people say, the men that were running it say, I mean, we've got to be out of here every day by 12 at the latest. I mean, because how much money can one person make? And I thought to myself, how much money can one person, what? And um, sure enough, by 12 noon, they had, I started in commodities. They had, they had uh, a group went to play golf and another group went to play tennis every day, every day. No one, they had already made their money. And I thought, this is, this is it. Although I was pulled to uh, something else, you know, I was in another, you know, dimension in terms of what my, what my, you know, major was. I just thought this is what I could do. So I did it. And then when they begin to bring in people, like the people who had went to kids that had graduated from, you know, B school with the uh, Harvard and the Wharton and the Princeton. And, you know, they would come in with their series seven license, which I didn't have. And, and they didn't know how to trade. They would send them over to me and said, let Rosetta show you. And so I got so good at that. They were like, we'll hire you. I said, no, I'm on another course. I'm on another tick with, with what I, my major was. And then they're like, they would send people to me even though I wasn't there to teach, to teach them how to trade. Then they say, teach us what you know. And I, I was like, no, I'm going to teach it, save it. And I traded my way through life quietly. But then um, in 2016, I was consecrated a bishop and I just felt like there was more for life for me. That was the highest you could sort of go there. And I knew I had to start my company. And I, and I tell people this, I, I, taught my friends and family, they taught their friends and family, started my own company and the rest is history because when we started day one, we were profitable and we've been profitable ever since. So that's, that's the little bit of the, the backstory. Well, no, that, I mean, that's, that's a lot. There's a lot there because you mentioned, first of all, the two lines and then the, the, when you spoke and told the story, it's still kind of, ha I still had those two lines in the back of my head. Yes. And not so much, not only the two lines in, in the, the the aspect that you talked about, right? Because you mentioned two lines in terms of these people could just you know, pay up front. Yeah. And then you have the other side of people who are signing for loans and things like that. You had those two lines, which is very powerful and impactful. But not only that, in the context of the college and the, the major and the hedge fund, there were two lines there as well, because one was your college track, like you want you went there for the religious right uh, um, path, and then you ended up on another path that had to do with finances. Yeah, right. So there you go; those two lines ever present again yeah. in in a different form, and I think that's really cool. Um, how does that happen? How do you go to school for for the, the religious degree or, or experience and end up trading at a hedge fund? Well, the funny thing is you, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you have to be in the world, but not of the world. And I, I am, I, you got to be in it. You can't act like the two are even, even the, the two are mutually exclusive. The people in the church are people in the world. So that's why I tell people all the time, they're the same people. But one of the things that, that is, 
is relative to me is ambition. And I think that for women, sometimes you get poo-pooed for being ambitious. Well, that's just who I was. But the line started earlier than that. Lived in the Midwest. We were the only, my father was military Marines. We were the only blacks on the block for 18 years. And my mother, my mother would take just jobs, any job she would could. I remember I was in middle school and she took a job working. There was a black company that got a little contract working for um, this pharma company. It's so funny because I trade pharma every day. And I have to say this, uh, this pharma company and my mother, whatever she did, she was going to be the best at. So she was known for getting in and out and quick. And so the the owner said, I want this particular, whoever clean my office this day, let her clean it. So that was my mother. She would clean the office. So sometimes she would just, you know how your kid, you're just like, oh, I got to go with you. So I went with her and because I could help her clean the bathrooms out, you know, these big pharma company, clean the bathrooms. It's, it, the, the company was called Marion Laboratories. And so pick the bathrooms out and she said, come help me clean the, own, the CEO's office. Well, I went into the CEO's office. It was bigger than our house. And I was just like mesmerized, blah, 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 blah. And the way she did it was she would clean and then she would back out. So they would always see that the lines on the floor and all of that with the vacuum cleaner. That, But check this out. The CEO's name was Ewing Kaufman. He owned the Kansas City Royals until he died. And I say this to you to say, I said there as a little girl, now, if he could have this, why can't I? And I think that um, there was no fear in me to... Go get what you want. My mother would say, you can have anything you want as long as you work for it. And so that meant many things for some people. For some people, it means you got to work 10 jobs, you know, work hard, not smart. I'm telling you, that's not the way to do it. Find something where your passion is. Trading has been my passion. And that's why I think that it works more than anything. You, When you get up every morning, you have to love what you do. I love what I do. And, and then I love taking people who have never been able to dream and given the opportunity to access to trading, which allows you to dream. And so that is a life changer for me. And it makes my day every day. You remind me so much. I do have a question. Yeah. But this sidebar from the question. You remind me so much of someone else I had on the show. Um, like Kizzy Park. She had blonde hair too. She, uh, she specializes in doing government contracts. Okay. But the way... And this, again, goes to something that you said about ambitious women. The way that y'all speak when it's coming from here, it just, it vibrates. I mean, if anyone's listening to this show right now, I'm sure their ears are on fire. Because the way that y'all speak, it doesn't, it penetrates just the eardrums. It goes deeper. And I love it. Just, just, just as a sidebar, I had to say that I love just the way that you're speaking. Because I can tell you love it. Yeah. And we're not even talking about what you, we're not even talking about trading yet. Yeah. But let me just say that don't don't let the blonde hair fool you. I am a black sister who is in black empowerment. Every school I went to, I ended up being the student government president, the president of the African-American Student Caucus at Emory. And I am definitely no justice, no peace. All these big ballers that are out here today, they would hit the streets with me. We would shut the streets down. I mean, that's who we are. It's inherent in me. And I don't like injustice. And so... Uh, the field that I am, there's a lot of injustice and probably my big mouth cannot help but saying, listen, we've got to even, even the field. And that's what I'm known for. I said, if you can evil, if if this, if the uh, financial field can be leveled, if you level that field, you level every field because it will allow, it will allow um, millionaires in our community to come up. So just give me the access and the people, um, if they can learn correctly, um, 
there is opportunity there. And so, uh, again, it's 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 part of who I am. It's inherent in who I am. And I can't I can't fake it. So it's it's my authentic self because I hear these companies now that we've gone through 2020 and, you know, Black Lives Matter and and they people are looking for people to invest in. And 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 I'll tell you about my company and how big we're growing and at every clip and what the future is for us, which is big and bright. But I can't forget my people. And so um, from where it started to where it is now, you know, I, I have to tell you, I'm proud, proud, proud of us. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the, the I guess you have, you have, and within, within our community and not even just our community, because from the outside, there's outside influences on the black community yes. without a doubt um, that do impact the way that we think the, the way that the world's, wants to portray the, the the only way for us to, to kind of stand around with two feet is through politics. And I think you and I are on the same page when we say, well, if a bunch of us were billionaires and millionaires too, the politics would, would come to us, right? It'd be a different conversation, it, right? Politics is, is necessary, but but money is power. And and I think that you have to empower and equip that way. I realize, and I've, I'm the first one on the street for women. I'm the first one on the street for for Black Lives Matter. I am out there. You've got you've got the you see me in talk. I I was over religious affairs that put together the Million Man March. I was there. I I ran the thing. So I understand what what marching does and what it looks like and how it feels. But I also know that there is something that equals the field when you walk in with the same amount of leverage as as the next person, regardless of your color. They hear you differently. She has an energy like the way she speaks makes you want to get up and start trading, start moving, changing your life. At least that's the way I feel when I listen to Rosetta. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for part two. Tomorrow we'll learn the difference between trading and investing as defined by a pro like Rosetta Bryson. Until tomorrow, remember, don't seek security. Seek adventure. See you tomorrow.